When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we hear about uncertainty on farmers' seeding intentions for 2022 due to weather and markets. A University of Saskatchewan researcher looks at turning waste canola meal into bio-coal. Ottawa announces support for sheep and goat production. Real agriculture has a beef market update. And we have a two-part feature on the 2021 field report at Discovery Farm near Langham. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. There's some uncertainty on what farmers will be seeding in 2022. Cabri area farmer Kevin Hirsch says last year's weather has created some uncertainty about seeding intentions. I think there's a big question mark for people trying to analyze which way producers are going to go with acres. Some of that is because of high nitrogen levels left in soils because the drought didn't allow the crop to use it. And then you don't really want to plant a pulse crop where nitrogen levels are already high. And then you have the drought which caused herbicide residue issues to be worrisome, especially following some Group 2 products. And in those cases, uh, canary seed or canola or durum wheat is not being recommended on some of those acres that would be going into those crops. Then you have crop prices that really look attractive, new crop, the highest prices ever, but there's other crops that look uh, equally as, as strong or even stronger. So it's a strange situation out there to try to get a, a handle on what producers are thinking and which direction they will go as far as crop rotation. I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. Producers may have made up their minds in many instances or, or have a plan in place, but I'm not sure that the industry in, in total has a feel for how it's all going to play out. Will some producers be hesitant to contract production considering what happened last year? Well, there's some of the specialty crops and some of them not so specialty that are a little more mainstream where active God clauses are available in production contracts. There's many other crops, uh, especially the mainstream crops, where active God clauses are not available and, and you've got liability for uh, the crop uh, being delivered even if you're not able to produce it. So I do worry, you know, 2021 was such an abnormal year, but it's fresh in people's minds, all of the contract issues. 
uh, and having to buy your way out of contract really is is uh, hurtful. But even if you contracted at a, a low price, didn't produce it, and you still sold whatever you did grow at a, a much lower price than what you could have had, I think it's it's got people very hesitant on new crop contracts. But I think some of that is maybe misplaced. You know, the same reasons why the price looks good still stands. If it's a very profitable price, I think there's ones out there that are very much worth considering. Just don't contract more than you could live with if it's uh, another drier year. But I don't think we should all be planning or thinking that 2022 is going to be a repeat of 2021. I think that would be highly unfortunate, but I don't think we should plan based on that kind of anomaly. Another important issue for growers has been rising fertilizer prices. I think there's a a lot of people have at least some or or maybe most of their fertilizer pre-priced or maybe even delivered and on, on the farm. There's still a significant amount that isn't priced. I don't think we've seen prices come down, but there are some suggestions now among the analysts that maybe that is possible, particularly for nitrogen prices. I've seen some analysis pointing at some potential softening that may occur, but I don't think we're seeing it yet. Uh, So uh, certainly fertilizer prices will be on the the minds of of producers as they walk around crop production show and, and put it into their planning process. What I don't know is there's a lot of crop nutrition aids and other products that are more specialized, depending upon price, will that get more attention at high fertilizer prices? It may, but I I would really encourage producers to do their homework and make sure that any replacement products they're buying are are truly efficacious and, and will do the job for them. Kevin Hirsch is an agricultural consultant and farms in the Cabri area in southwest Saskatchewan. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. Research at the University of Saskatchewan to develop canola pellets for power and heat production is advancing to the next stage. Bioenergy professor A.J. Delai is researching ways to turn waste canola meal into pellets and create a bio-coal. He says the next stage is scaled-up pellet production and commercialization. The canola leftover, we call it canola meal, canola husk, and also we apply that to wort hull and um, uh, mustard meal, mustard hull as well. And we find that we can uh, really um, uh, have those material uh, uh, prepared for uh, for pallets, high-quality pallets for uh, burning uh, to produce heat, heat and power. And uh, this, these materials, I think we have a lot in the province, and we have that many cattle to feed uh, canola meal, for example, and we have crossing capacity of, I think, 4 uh, million metric tons where we produce 11, and uh, there are a few companies who wanted to increase the production to about 8 million metric tons. So there will be a lot of crossing capacity, a lot of meals available, and uh, we need to utilize part of it for the renewable energy that all of us do need to complement our fossil energy. So the recipe that we developed to produce this high-quality pallets for burning and to produce heat uh, looks really, really promising. 
you see these pellets that come from canola meal as a potential bio-coal, you call it? Yes. What we do is we basically uh, heat it to about 200 degrees C to remove moisture and volatile, so its carbon content goes up, heating value goes up, and when you compress it to uh, uh, to pellets, so basically uh, increase its density and also it increases its heating value per unit mass and then our unit volume. And also we try to make it repel water so that it does not absorb moisture to crumble and to uh, to lose its quality. So the heating value is uh, very close to that of the coal, and that's why we call it bio-coal. Now you're also looking at alternative lower-cost additives to apply this to <laughs> biomaterials. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's really a really good point. When we try to produce it, we try to make it as cheap as possible. And one of the additives that we looked at is crude uh, glycerol that comes from the biodiesel plant. When you take the green seed canola oil and make biodiesel, about one-tenth of the oil goes to glycerol. So that glycerol has some water, some methanol, some um, oil as well, and some alkali. So uh, that material has very little value. For example, probably sells at 10 to 20 cents a liter. And we wanted to take part of that and use for pallet making. And also the other material is uh, bio-oil that when you pyrolyze biomass, we get uh, oil, we call it pyrolysis oil. Uh, and we use part of that as well to, as ingredient to make this pallet. And a couple of other ingredients to make them hydrophobic, what that means just to repel water. So the whole idea is to develop low-cost additive, low-cost material to make this bio-coal. Bio so what's the next stage? The next stage is we have a pilot unit now that we uh, purchased with the help of the Western Economic Diversification. And then we want to produce a little bit in large scale and see if we are able to maintain the same quality as we are producing in the lab. And that point, we want to promote the technology to some of our industrial partners to see if they want to take it and use it for uh, making money for themselves and also being some, making some money for our farming community. And uh, at the same time, either export it or uh, use it within the province through, uh, for example, SAS Power to produce power and make it a bit more uh, friendly to our environment. Professor Delai says pellet-making equipment has arrived and his research will also look at turning other crop byproducts into what he calls a bio-coal pellet for generating heat and power. The federal government is providing almost half a million dollars to support productivity in sheep and goats. The project, through the Canadian Centre for Swine Improvement, will develop a Canada-wide integrated genetic services system to help sheep and goat farmers improve productivity. Farmers will be able to use the new service system to access new developments and industry information on livestock genomics to improve breeding and increase supply of high-quality products from sheep and goats. The integrated system will include services on traits like growth rate, milk yield, genetic evaluation, research and training for farmers to adopt new technologies. Sheep and goats offer growth opportunities in meat, dairy and fiber. There are more than 1.2 million head of sheep and goats in Canada on 15,000 farms with over $250 million in annual cash receipts. 
The number of goats has more than doubled in Canada in the past 30 years. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. So we're talking to Ann Wasco, the Gateway Livestock Exchange, for this week's Beef Market Update. Hey, Ann, how are you? I'm good, Sean. How's things there? Uh, pretty good. Well, uh, what do you think? Cold, cold, cold. It, uh, first, let, let's look at some, where we are with some of the prices. Yeah, let's start with the markets, Sean. Um, U.S. this week, kind of quiet. You know, they did trade kind of steady at 138 midweek, but here yesterday a little lower, 136 in the south. In the north, kind of same thing, kind of holding on to steady at 220, uh, dressed uh, in terms of trade. But, you know, the, the markets are feeling um, a, a little bit uh, defensive, especially on the futures markets. Uh, watching closely some of the uh, slaughter disruptions that are going on um, with the absenteeism from from uh, COVID and uh, you know all the labored impact, impacts that uh, are continuing to kind of raise their ugly head again, if you will. So day to day, watching to see what those numbers look like. The markets don't like not knowing, and and that's just the the fact of the matter right now is we we just don't know how much, how long, who. You know what? What regional areas? All those kinds of things. But those things are certainly on uh, on the minds of the markets and everybody that's watching them right now, for sure. Yeah, you know, let's, let's use a outside of the agriculture industry kind of comparison. You look what's happened to the airline industry. Um, you know, there's been so many flights canceled here in the last two weeks. Uh, I know I flew this week, and you look at the board and an airline like WestJet, they got cancellations all over the place. People stuck in spots yeah. and rescheduled and so if it's impacting an industry like the airline industry where they you know they've got people having to stay home because they've tested positive with a highly you know high, a, a variant that spreads so easily, uh, you got to think that that's going to impact the packing industry. but like you said, the question is we, we don't really know how much at this point. Right, right. So <clears throat> we know slaughter levels are going to be lower this week for sure. Um, we'll, we'll just continue to watch that data as we go forward. And, you know, as do we get through this in the next week or two? There's just, just so many things we just don't know, Sean. But those are, those are what the markets are watch, watching very um, closely. And like I say, you know, reacting kind of on the defensive, as you would guess right now. So that, that's kind of the, the situation in the U.S. And, and I guess the good news is, you know, harvest rates in November and December were excellent so the americans came into the new year with you know in pretty good shape in terms of uh, currentness but as we also know from from 2020 um that it doesn't take long to back cattle up so we'll watch that closely in western canada a little different deal first of all on the market side we were lower this week um western canadian packers have lots of inventory around them and and i think their 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 shape in terms of inventory for january is is very comfortable and so we saw markets lower kind of that 270 to 271 delivered this week in western canada and in Western Canada, we've got lots of cattle on feed. You know, uh, on December 1, the last report from Canfax, 13% more cattle on feed than a year ago, 18, 19% more than the, than the five-year average. So we're not in a position in Western Canada to <clears throat> see, see much in terms of impact um, 
in terms of slaughter reduction. So again, we're going to be watching that data closely. Well, and we heard from NAMI this week, they talked about how, you know, in response to the, the Biden roundtable on meat, you know, the meat industry consolidation, NAMI said, hey, you know, our biggest issue is labor. So it's, it's not like we were really long in the tooth when it came to labor supply for the packing plants in the first place, then losing staff to you know, having to stay home because of the potentially virus infections is not uh, like just a lot of stuff working against us there. Hey, sp- speaking of the Biden roundtable, um, this is something that's really a foot in the U.S. It's been kind of coming to this point for, for a while. We've been watching it. Uh, not as much in Canada, of course, but there is a bit of a different situation. What, what was kind of your reaction what you saw this week? Well, I guess, Sean, um, you, you probably know how, where I, I come from on this front. Um, I, I always get nervous when when any government <laughs> tries to suggest that they can fix a market and so uh, you know as as you've already alluded to uh, we'll watch closely see what what and where and how um this money gets delved out but uh at the same time i i i'm nervous that you know people jumping to the conclusion that this is going to fix things um could be barking up the wrong tree this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com it's your agro weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, wind southeast 30, the high minus 12. Temperature rising to minus 2 by morning, wind chill minus 20 tonight, minus 9 overnight. Tuesday, mainly sunny, wind west 30 gusting to 50, the high tomorrow plus 1, the low minus 7. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 8. Thursday, cloudy, 60%, chance of flurries, the high minus 3, the low minus 13. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 10, the low minus 12. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 2, the low minus 10. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 7. Normal high for this date, minus 11. The normal low is minus 23. The sun rose at 8.56 this morning. It sets at 5.16 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek, and it is a balmy plus 7 in the southwest corner of Saskatchewan. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 30. Estevan is minus 15. Saskatoon, minus 16. Swift Current, minus 4. Weyburn, minus 16. Yorkton, minus 20. Regina has scattered cloud and drifting snow. It's minus 17 degrees. That's plus 1 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 35. Humidity, 69%. The barometer dropping, 102.8. Cloudy and moose jaw, minus 15. Winds are from the east at 13. Once again, Regina, scattered cloud, drifting snow, it's minus 17, that's one above Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The 2021 growing season was one of challenges and successes at the Discovery Farm, which is adjacent to the Ag in Motion site near Langham. The Discovery Farm has just released its 2021 field report, covering over 20 research and demonstration projects. Many of those projects are conducted in conjunction with industry partners. Blake Wyseth is the Applied Research Lead at the Discovery Farm and is also the Agriculture Research Chair at SAS Polytechnic in Saskatoon. He says some interesting research results came out of the very dry year. But it's interesting, you know, in the midst of drought conditions, I think there's still good information, good lessons that we can learn. Because the reality is, in Saskatchewan, I think very rarely, if ever, do we have, you know, so-called perfect moisture conditions, right? How dry was it this year? What were the actual rainfall totals for the growing season? Over what I call the growing season, so May 1st till the end of August, uh, we had 126 mils at our site this year. Um, now, compared to 2020, which definitely wouldn't call that a wet year by any stretch of the imagination, but over the same period, we had 286 mils. So, you know, more than double in 2020 of what we had in 2021. Wysa talks about research at the Discovery Farms Field of Excellence. This is an annual project that we have at our Discovery Farm site. Uh, started it in uh, 2019. Really, it's about bringing together partners from the entire supply chain. So, you know, we have great partnerships with equipment companies like Batterstad Industries, with Cloth and Canada West Harvest Centre on the harvest equipment, you know, input companies, Nutrient Egg Solutions, egg tech companies like Croptimistic Technology. And in any case, we bring together all these partners and we're, really we're just trying to use multiple data layers to manage our field. And so the data comes from some hardware and sensors installed within the field, like soil moisture probes, other different uh, soil mapping technologies. And uh, in this year, one of the main things that we're trying to focus on is um, using these different data layers really to uh, have a good uh, and comprehensive weed management strategy to target some of those challenging weed species we have. Wyseth was asked about the weed problems during a drought year. Well, the weed, there's certain weed species, you know, that just really thrive under these harsh conditions, right? And so at our Discovery Farm site, you know, kosher was one of those, uh, which really just C4 plants really just thrives under these conditions. And so, yeah, that was the, the weed in particular that we were trying to manage in this season. Wyseth discusses the yields. So definitely significant variation in yield and, you know, the driving factor, of course, this year being just, you know, where was that extra little bit of moisture that the crop could access, right? So as an example, in this season, in our field of excellence project, we had two crops, flax and wheat. In the flax field, our best performing areas of the field, which were, again, those low spots, those wettest areas, we had 13.7 bushels per acre, nearly 14 bushels per acre, right? Compared to the hilltops, the driest areas of the field, averaging three and a half bushels per acre, right? So, you know, just about 
three to four times higher yield in the best performing areas of the field compared to the the worst. And so I think as a as a farmer or what even what we're trying to understand at our discovery farm site is, you know, how can we try to manage and understand that variation in moisture across the field? Can we look at different management practices to try to, I guess, maximize productivity in the midst of harsh conditions? Blake Wyseth is the Applied Research Lead at the Discovery Farm near Langham, which is adjacent to the Ag in Motion site. We'll have more on this past year's water management and salinity projects after this. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The Discovery Farm near Langham has released its 2021 field research covering several projects including one on water management. Blake Wyseth is the applied research lead at the Discovery Farm near Langham. Yeah, this one we actually started in uh, 2020 and thankful for the support of the water security agency the saskatchewan soil conservation association and the saskatchewan stock growers association partnered on this project it's about in the province here you know how do we manage our water across our fields right and so in our situation here at at our langham site we identified eight flues within the field or mini basins call them what you want but these are areas that are periodically flooded throughout the growing season, usually early in the spring, maybe later in the summer after a a large rainfall event in June or that sort of thing. So we had a construction of surface ditches to remove the water from these low areas. And then starting in 2021 here, we had a field project looking at different management practices that we can use in these areas to, again, try to maximize our productivity and uh, these areas, they tend to be impacted by things like salinity, maybe high nutrients um, from years past of fertilizer application. So um, some of the things we're looking at is variable rate fertilizer application, um, also the use of annual forages in a polycropping mixture, um, and some other things too. Wyseth was asked if salinity is a bigger concern in dry years. Salinity is a concern uh, for sure. Salinity, it's a water issue um, in, as, uh, in as much as it is a soil issue. So what we have is uh, where you have a condition where your water table below the surface has salt dissolved in it. And as those uh, water is being brought up to the surface from crop uptake, the water gets used, but the salts get left behind, right? And so you can see that manifested in dry years like this. On the flip side, though, as we're using moisture in the dry years, sometimes that water table is uh, pushed down lower. So in this salinity project, this is a multi-year project we have. And uh, in this year, we're comparing our soil samples from 2021 to 2020. And this year, actually, in some areas, the salinity decreased a little bit compared to what we saw in 2020, mostly because those salts are being pushed further down deep. Blake Wyseth is the Applied Research Lead at the Discovery Farm near Langham, which is adjacent to the Ag and Motion site. Langham is about 290 kilometers northwest of Regina, just northwest of Saskatoon. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. 
proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola rose 20 cents at $1,000.52. One red spring wheat went down $3.10 at $4.14.56. The rest were unchanged. Durham, seven twenty six eleven. Feed barley, three eighty three sixty four. Flax, fourteen seventy fifty nine. Lentils, nine eighty six fifty. Oats, five ninety one fifty three. Yellow peas, six thirty two eighty nine. And feed wheat, two sixty one sixty five. At Minneapolis, March spring wheat fell four and a half cents at nine eighteen and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now, the latest quotations. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. We had 185 head in our ring last week, and here's how it went. D1 and 2 cows brought 70 to 75. D3 cows, 60 to 70. The feeder cows, they were up to 85. Good bulls brought 80 to a dollar. The feeder market is sure looking pretty strong for the new year. Our first pre-sort sale is going to be January the 20th, and our bread sale on the 27th. This has been Brett Jensen with Hartman Livestock and Swift Current, Canada's source for quality. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Sig 4 Brandon, BP4 Moose Jaw Plants, same price, one seventy two zero one per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The Western Canadian Crop Production Show opened its doors at noon today at Saskatoon Prairieland Park. About 350 exhibitors have set up their equipment and displays and are ready for the four-day show, which was not held last year due to COVID-19. In addition to the products and displays, the new Farm Information Theatre will have speakers talking about kosher management, supply chain issues, and the Lake Diefenbaker Irrigation Project. Show hours are at noon to 6 today, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow and Wednesday, and from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Thursday. The Western Canadian Crop Production Show will operate under all current COVID-19 guidelines. Also going on this week are the annual general meetings for the various commodity organizations, such as Sask Wheat, Sask Canola, and Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. The original plan was to have hybrid sessions with the option of attending in person or viewing proceedings online. However, last Friday afternoon, all groups opted to have their sessions in a virtual format only. All of the registration information is available at www.sascrops.com. Looking at today's agenda, morning meetings included the Canary Seed Development Commission and Sask Wheat Annual Meeting. This afternoon, there are a couple of market presentations by Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research. The Saskatchewan Pulse Growers will hold their annual general meeting at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Looking ahead to tomorrow, Sask Flax, Sask Barley and Sask Canola will hold AGMs on Tuesday with Sask Oats and Winter Cereals going Wednesday and Sask Seed and Sask Mustard on Thursday. On the markets, the TSX is down 194 points to 20,889. The Dow has fallen 460 points to 35,770. Oil has dropped 46 cents to 78.44 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is down 21 hundredths of a cent at 78.87 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face 
and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.